This episode is brought to you by Rick's Eyewear. Eyewear that inspires confidence. If you would like to buy some premium eyewear, sunglasses, blue light frames, prescription, head online now, rickseyewear.com.au and check it out. Caps has been Australia's home of headwear since 2012. From snapback to fitted, curved peak to flat peak, our hats will fit anyone and everyone. Since then, we've grown and evolved into the leaders of US sports apparel in Australia. Head online at caps.com.au and check it out. Righto, let's get into the show. Nikki Zarafa, Australian number one middleweight boxer, fifth ranked in the world, and just recently defeated Isaac Hardman in less than two rounds. Speaking of Hardman, he was quite chirpy on the lead up, mate. How did you deal with all that? Oh, man, look, you know, there's levels in the sport, and, um, you know, I knew going into this fight, he just didn't have the things I could bring, and you know, I let him talk, you know, and I've been on that end before where I've, you know, been the latter, latter fighter, and, um, you know, Horn brought me back down to reality in that second fight. As much as I thought I should have won that fight, but, you know, I definitely thought moving forward, you know, just keeping quiet and getting the job done was a lot more um, smarter. But, uh, yeah, look, I was confident going in that fight from the get-go. You know, I knew that I was ahead of the uh, the rankings and I knew having that fight I didn't really need, but it's a fight Australian boxing wanted. And, uh, you know, he was on my tail for a while, so no way to do it and to stop him in the second round, you know, and, and put put the silence to uh, to rest. Did you even sweat? Uh, I actually warmed up more than, <laughs> more than the actual fight. But look, I've been on the other end where it doesn't go your, your way and it's a shit feeling, you know, credit to him and the team. But uh, there was a lot of animosity leading into that fight and, um, you know, he got he, he thought he got under my skin, but it was just, you know, putting more fuel in the fire for me and I knew what needed to be done. I went out there and, yeah, just stay composed, relaxed and just got the job done. Yeah. Oh, well, firstly, mate, on, on behalf of everyone here, congratulations. It's it's great to see you. Man, I forgot to even ask you, how you, how's your day been so far? What have you been up to? Mate, it's been crazy. I trained this morning for three hours, which I probably shouldn't be doing after a fight, but my trainer will probably kill me. And then I went to uh, a media day with some other uh, athletes and TV stars and stuff like that and had some lunch. And Did you meet anyone cool? Oh, man, look, there was uh, Billy Brownless was down there, was pretty, well, which I've known him for a while now and been on the radio with him. He was pretty, pretty funny. And all the math stars and um, Jessica Powell just recently uh, released a, a new low calorie or zero calorie wine. So oh, look at I was that. celebrating that. Yeah, it was pretty cool, but it was good to get amongst it all and the media was out and I'll train again tonight. Um, and then I've got another interview with uh, Team Alice. So yeah, it's been full on. Full it on is day. full on. It's just media straight. <laughs> I love it. I love it though. It's great. It's good. It boosts the profile. I did notice, the reason I wanted to ask you how you're going, because I did notice that it's something that I've listened to a fair few podcasts now and um, and being an ex-footballer as well, mate, I, it's probably the thing that I noticed as well when I was injured. All people would ask me is, how's your body, mate? For you, I'm sure it's, hey, mate, how's boxing going? Does that do your head in sometimes? All the time. You know, it's getting to the point now where, I mean, look, I love it. I, you know, I love that I get recognized and, and you know, appreciate as a boxer and people take note in what I do. But I mean, even it's getting to the point now where my friends are starting to like interview me and my yeah. family, like my dad will come past and, you know, he hasn't said, how you going for... For years, it's, you know, talking about boxing, my fight and training and, I mean, look, it, it's good, but it does get a little bit tiring, you know, there's, I'm on autopilot, it's the same questions, you know, when you're fighting, you know, who's the next opponent, how's training going, um, but again, it's, I, I, I can't, you know, criticise it because I love it, you know, it's, it's great to get recognised. Who's the one, like, I grew up in Riddles Creek, right, so I'm a local boy as well and we'll get to that. 
I, I used to love going back down there because they just talk that much shit. They distract you. Is there, a, is there a bloke that you know or a group of mates that just talk that much pump? They almost probably put you down, which you probably love. Is yeah, there a group I've got, of I've got a few love? boys. I mean, my um, one of my good mates, he's a fighter. He's actually fighting Paul Gallen, Chris Terzi. Oh, yeah. Um, but his younger brother, Stefan, is one of my best mates since primary school, high school. And um, it's one of the things where we probably don't see each other every day, but when we do, it's just it's just whole bunch of shit. You know, we don't talk about boxing. We don't talk about anything. It's just where we left is where we take off from again. And um, it's just banter 24 seven, putting each other down. Um, you know, who's better. And that's just a huge competitiveness between me and him. And he's an absolute legend. Yeah. Absolute I love legend. that, mate. I love that. It does. It, it does. It does help you. You need a little fix. Now, before we get into the boxing, I just wanted to ask a little things outside of boxing. Mate, what kind of person is Mickey Zarafa to his closest friends? Oh, man, I'm pretty quiet. I mean, I'm a massive kid. Uh, people that know me, like, I've, I've been myself in public sometimes. People are like, well, man, I wouldn't expect him to be like, because they see me obviously on TV or in a fight mode and it's a pretty serious Michael Zarafa. And um, I'm a huge kid, man. I love my sweets. Just love taking the piss, you know, doing pranks um, and just having fun, man. Nothing too serious. Just switch off. And um, I went out sometime, like, my, my mates are like, well, you can't be doing that. You know, like, fuck, who cares? You know, like, <laughs> you got to live a little bit, you know, and um, yeah, I just love it. Just being a big kid, man. Just having yeah. a laugh. Sweet tooth as well. Love it. I mean, L I'm a huge- Lollies, chocolate, yeah, ice cream. I'm a big, big lolly, man. I love mate, my sour same. stuff. Oh, mate, so am I. I'm like, man, I'm a, I've, I smash probably $23 worth of lollies and chocolate a night. It's fucking ridiculous. Mate, I can't, I'm not a big chocolate man, but my mates have always got into me about lollies. You know the sour geckos, the trolleys? Oh, man, they're the best. Oh. And the Haribos, mate, it doesn't end. It's, <laughs> it's fucking, I'm, I'm in the aisle. If I'm ever in Safeway, you'll see me down that aisle. And fuck, oh, it's, mate, it's even the um, Alan's frogs, the oh, sour ones. The new ones are just oh, coming. They're the grass. He knows what's up. He knows what's up. It's, uh, it's, it's bad, especially when I'm in camp. It's oh, that is fucking funny, mate. Uh, so let's uh, now let's get a little bit more serious. <clears throat> Who is your inspiration and why? Uh, my biggest inspiration would probably have to be my dad, Yeah, I reckon. Um, we've been through a lot together, man, and good and bad. And for me, he doesn't – he's tough love. Mm. You know, he doesn't pick me up. He picks me up by putting me down. And it's 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 such a shit feeling because I feel like yeah, I'm the oldest um, son, not the sibling, but you know my brother and stuff. So I've always got to lead the way. Um, I feel like for them, but yeah, he just puts me down all the time. That's just his way that he shows his love, I guess, and he's proud. And the last fight was probably the first time I've seen him cry because of, he knew what was on the line, and you know I did it in such style. But uh, yeah, you probably him. You know, I know that I promised him that I was going to be a world champion, and. Um, I want to see that out. You know yeah, it's what I mean? brilliant. And it's been tough. It's been tough because, you know, we were, he's so tough on me that, you know, sometimes I've walked away and, you know, I haven't spoken to him in years because of it. So for me, like I said, yeah, he's probably one of my biggest inspirations. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful, mate. It's beautiful. Where did you grow up, mate? Just a local boy, man. Craigieburn. Just fucking in the burn, mate, with uh, playing local footy, enjoying with the friends. And I said one day, you know, why well, I'm going to be a world champion. And I never looked back, literally. I think I was probably about eight, seven or eight years old. And I said, you know what, well, I'm going to, be a world champion and I mean I didn't really take it seriously till I was about 15, 16 in the amateurs and at 18 on my 18th birthday I turned professional and never looked back but um, yeah just a local boy man that wanted to change the world and make a make a statement and I love that now number two in the IBF in the world top ranked five in the world now pound for pound which is pretty cool and Number one in Australia, so I'm yeah, mate. making you noise. Are, you sailing, are making plenty of noise, mate. Sailing through. You're, you're making plenty of noise. Did, <laughs> did you play footy with Dion Prestia? Uh, he played for Craigie Brown, and then he obviously was a lot better than I was, so he yeah, kept yeah. climbing the ranks. I think he played for um, Colty Cannons. And yeah, he's Cannons boy. All the all the steps. Um, and Jakey Carlisle went to school yep. with. Good mates of Jakey and Mitchell Farmer. Um, so all, all, a few mates played AFL. 
some elite units yeah, out that way, mate. 100%, man. Craig, man, we, we breed them tough. But, yeah. uh, I, I couldn't keep up with them. I thought, what else could I do? You know, so I thought, <laughs> well, I was a born bred fighter. I said, mate, I always punched on. Um, and I thought, well, well, let's take that as a career. Well, let's get paid for it, you know. So, but yeah, I grew up with those boys. Yeah. Good it's great, fellas. mate. Yeah, they are good fellas. I did. I, look, I used to play at Colter Cannons as well, and they moved mm. the facility from Coburg to to Craigieburn. Yeah, so right. yeah, I yeah, know yeah. the area well yeah, yeah, down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. High yeah, very yeah, windy, mate. Oh, very windy. Mate, so the worst. Must say, I didn't like. <laughs> I didn't the like going worst, mate, too worst. much. Big hill in the middle as well. Oh, oh monster deck as well. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into boxing, um, mate. I, I must say, I'm not the uh, the pro here, but I'm very interested in you and your career, and I've done a fair bit of research. But I want to know a bit more about you as the boxer and. Um, and yeah, really know where the dream started. You said you went pro 18, but where, you know, where did the dream start? Is it a movie? Was there someone you no, met? No, no, I was literally seven years old and I was watching boxing. Um, I don't even know who was fighting that day. And I was like, man, I want to do this, you know, knowing I could have that one fight and change my friends and family's life. All it needed was just dedication, a bit of discipline and a bit of heart. You know, I knew I had all those things. Even at a young age, I was like, man, I was just, even with my cousins, I like, would always punch on. I'd always be the first in, last out, you know, and. I said, this is what I want to do. And I, my, my vision from seven to now hasn't changed. It's, it's so crazy. And being on other radios and podcasts and stuff like that, I'm like, I wish I could express that vision. Like it just hasn't changed. And even though I've had a, a hundred thousand no's before I get one yes, like I just, I keep pushing on. Um, but yeah, but seven years old, man, I said, I want to be a world champion. And I said to my mum, I'm going to sell out stadiums one day and, and fight for a world title. And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then I dropped out of school and you know, I did it pretty tough because you know, obviously back then I wasn't earning good money and stuff like that. And I think my first fight, I made 200 bucks and I thought, wow. that's it, shit, I've made it. Yeah. You know, I was like, fuck, I'm getting paid for this. I've made it, you know, yeah. and couldn't even buy myself a pair of ASICs or whatnot. But, um, yeah, I just said, I'm just going to keep pushing on. And I, my goal was my family to be, you know, my kids in the future, never to have a hard life, you know, and just to give back. You know, that's always, it's been a big thing, you know, because I've done it tough and I know what it's, it takes to get there and I've missed out on so much things and life in itself. Um, but yeah, just so when I have a family one day that they don't have that struggle, you know, I want to be able to not say, fuck, you know, I can't afford it or, you know, it's not my on week or off week or payday or whatever it may be, you know, and, you know, obviously not, I just want to be able to spoil my family. Yeah. And that's been always a thing for me, man. Yeah. Now, I was literally leading to my next question of why you do it and who is your why? And that's a pretty dumb question yeah, now man. because- My family to be, my my family, um, my friends, and my, as my vision got bigger, my circle got smaller. And, um, you know, we got this thing called backslappers at the gym, you know, and when you win a fight, everyone wants to know a fight, a winner. You know, that's just in any sport. And, you know, they come and take photos of you, touch your back. And, and again, it's good, but they want to be a part of the team and they've done nothing. But mm. it's the ones that are there when it's, you know, the dark days, man, where you have lost, you know, and you're back in the change rooms and they're the only people, there's four people, five people. Um, and yeah, they're the people that I'll get up in the morning for, man, and, and, and do the early mornings, the late nights and just smash it out of the park because, you know, again, I want to I give back to these people, man, because without them, there's no me. As long, even though I get in the ring and do all the work, um, you know, the fighting on the night, without the team that I have behind me, it's not possible, man. The training, you know, the, the mind, the mind's a powerful thing, man. And, you know, obviously you've played at a high level you know, sport, it's all, the body just follows. It's all the mind. You know, if you tell yourself I can't do it, it's done. Mm. I mean, I always push for better and always push myself. And if I fail, it's, I've learned from something. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll never fail twice the same way. Yeah. That's just how I've always been. Just speaking about the team, how many people are in your team? You know, from an outsider looking in, it's a term that's always, you know, used mm. by the team. That's, who's in the team and what are they doing? Uh, I reckon I have about 10 people. Amazing. And, um, yeah, when I first started and as I was climbing the ranks, I had probably about 200 people. And, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. when you lose or it doesn't go your way or, you know, the COVID hit, you know, and you weren't active, you lose sponsors, you lose friends, you lose everything, man. And 
my team is built up of probably 10 people being boxing training, just mentors. You know, I've got a guy, Tom, who I'd literally take a bullet for, you know, without him, I probably wouldn't be alive still because there was a part of my life where I was like, I wanted to throw it all in and, you know, him and his family just kept me going. Um, you know, Sal, Selena, there's a girl that, you know, does everything for me and, you know, just my team is, is it's so powerful. And that's the thing, it's taken so many times, so many people have come in and out of my life to find this, the right people, you know, and it takes years, take, took me 20 years to find these people and I believe everything happens for a reason. And uh, again, without these guys, it's just not possible, man. Like, yeah. if I got, even my corner when I fight, I got only allowed four. One of them I got in my corner has no idea about boxing, but just he gives me that mental strength. You know, I want him in the corner just because mentally he, I, I keep going more, yeah. you know. So everyone has their, their, their people, but for me, yeah, I just feel like the smaller the better. Yeah. It's just, yeah, because everyone gets caught in there and, you know, has their two cents to say and especially like my dad, my, my parents, I love them to death, but like I say to them, I want nothing to do with them on fight night. Yeah. Don't talk to me, don't call me, don't want him in the back rooms. And then my mum somehow finds a way through security. <laughs> in the back, I was funny the other week, when I was back in the change rooms, I was geeing up, probably 20 minutes to go out and security's everywhere and I just see this little old woman, I'm like, mum, how'd you get in? She's like, oh, I just got in. I'm like, how, I don't understand how you're in the back. Like she got past all the security, <laughs> the security at the front of my door and I'm like, mate, she's crazy. But she's a bad person to talk to before a fight. Yeah. She's like- The emotions know, get in the way. She's just, yeah, she's real emotional and obviously I'm a baby, whatever, and she's just, yeah, she reckons I've aged her 30 years, but she's just, she puts a lot of pressure on me, you know, like, and I'm like, mm. mom, just back away. And like, it's just too because much. Because being a parent, and that's something that I'm not and something I've yeah, never yeah, thought yeah. about until this question comes up with, you know, mates that have kids, but- being a parent would be really tough, oh, especially watching watching you, you know your, your boys play footy, but boxing, mm-hmm. yeah, well, boxing, said, yeah, literally watching you. I mean, you haven't had a knock, you haven't been knocked out yet. Is yeah, that correct? Oh, one, I, 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 have. I got knocked out in uh, America. I fought the world champion Peter once. Quillen. Yeah, once. Sorry, um, which was look, I got I had bleeding in the brain and hemorrhage from that, and yep. I lost a bit of my vision from that. It was pretty tough, but um, yeah, I couldn't imagine what my parents feel like, mm. and um, yeah, you know, I, I always say to people, say if you have a kid, like. Would you want it to follow in your footsteps? And my answer to that would be no. I'd never stop them from that. I mean, if it's in the blood, it's in the blood. But yeah, you know, I, I always said, you know, I wouldn't. I'd never pressure him into being a boxer or anything like that because it's a tough sport, man. And if it's if you're second guess it and you know, like you have your doubts, it's a dangerous sport. You can't play boxing. You know, footy. I, I've tried to play footy too, and it's just it's a hard sport on my body. I tried to play soccer with the boys two weeks ago with Jakey, and <laughs> I pulled up sore for three, four days. <laughs> yeah, like, no, no. I was like, I know you boys do this, yeah. and um. But yeah, I just I just feel like you know I wouldn't want him to go down that path. It's just it's just a tough sport, man. It's a brutal sport, man. It's uh, I got nothing but respect for you. We did a bit of boxing at training, mate. You would knock me out in about two seconds. <laughs> I'm crazy, one of the man. worst boxers you ever seen. I must say, I might need some tips. <laughs> um, how do you describe yourself as a boxer? You know yourself better than anyone else. Don't worry about what they say. Mm-hmm. How would you describe yourself as a boxer? Uh, fast man, just yeah. fast um, and pretty classy. Yeah, and. People say, oh, you know, it's it's cocky or whatever. I just feel myself, I find that just my timing. Um, even when I went I was overseas, you know, with Freddie Roach, who trains Manny Pacquiao, and he, he's got 32 world champions under his belt. Because I've never seen anyone so, like, just classy, just boxing IQ, just, you know, I'll lose a round to win the next three. You know, like, that's what I said in this fight two weeks ago. I said, you know, I, I watched all the artillery he's got, and I knew he, I had answers for everything. And for me, it's just being real fast, being light on the toes. He was walking in, oh, I'm big, I'm this and that. I said, mate, it's not going to win your fights. I'll tell you that much. And he kept talking and tried to be aggressive. And 
And again, you know, we fought it out now, so I have most, most respect for him and his team. But there was a lot of hate before that fight, man, and I couldn't wait to punch his head in. And, um, but yeah, just classy and fast, man. What's the worst thing he said to you in the lead-up that pissed you off? Look, you know, there were so many things said because I, I, we, we, were, we started five months prior to the fight and it was just fucking every live we did, every meeting we had, press conference, weigh-in, socials. He was personally calling me. It was just like, it was what crazy. Are you, so he's personally calling Oh, you? yeah. I got to the point where I just blocked him. I had to block him. Not because I was getting to, you know, under the skin. It was just, mate, I would be at for dinner. And he's trying to ring me. Trying to, I'm like, mate, <laughs> what's he like, saying? I'll see you answer? on April 20. <laughs> yeah, what's he oh, saying? Oh, I'm going to cave your head in, this and that. You're a flea bag. You're this, you're that. I was like, mate, look, it's, mate, I'll see you on April 20. He talked to me after the fight. But um, look, there was a few things he said, and, I, and that's why I brought up the whole racial thing because, you know, there was things, times where he bagged my, you know, where I was from, my last name, you know. Uh, there's just certain things that he did, the way he, you know, went about it. Like, I get the whole selling of a fight. I did it with the Jeff Horn fight, the Tim Zoo staff, and. And that's that's to build the fight. But he was generally going out of his way to be disrespectful. You know, there's no no, no space. So for there is sport. a line. There is a line. And that's what I said. Yeah, the little, I said there's lines, and he's definitely crossed it. And I said, now this is this is personal. And they said, oh, it's for a belt. I said, look, man. I said, fuck the belt. I'm coming for his head. I yeah. said, I don't care about the belt. I said, now it's about teaching him respect. And um, yeah, but again, that was all before the fight. Again, once you once you fight, it's different. You know, I guess it's like playing footy. Once you once you play on the on the on the field with them, it's like you know you've done it now. Mm. And um, that's why I said what I said after the fight. I said you know he handled himself like a like a champion, and he'll bounce back from that. You know, my my biggest successes have come from my losses. So, and like I said, oh, I think he's he's got he's going places. He's a strong boy. And uh, he just needs to control his emotions a little bit. He's a bit, a bit emotional. <laughs> Mate, I want to know what your um, mindset's like from, from training to heading into a fight. See, I only can speak from a football point of view. And we like to say you train the way you play. But we all know that when we're training, unless it's a tackle grid and your coach says you need to fucking do this to get a game, you're going, you know, hammer and tong. But there's nothing like competitions. <sighs> but in boxing, I'd imagine it's pretty full on. And, I, you know, I want to know what it's like. What's the insight to training? Because you can get your head knocked off at training where we probably can't. So I want to know what your mindset's like when you rock up for just a sparring session. Yep. And then is it, you know, obviously then the fight, there's a lot of fucking, you know, you're thinking about a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. Just give me a little bit of insight. Well, I keep it the exact same. I mean, it took me probably 10 years, 12 years. I work with a sports psychologist now and it took me, yeah, about 10 to 12 years to really flick that switch. Um, and when you think, there is no difference. You know, when I go to training, it's exactly the same thing as when I go to fight. Now, when I get to the stadium, I walk in and people say, how do you feel? Like, yeah, man, it's, it's just training. Like, I'm just sparring. Like, there's no difference. And back in the early days, I used to be like, oh my God, you know, this and that. And I used to, so much, I used to feel sick because I put so much pressure on myself. But now I just say, man, I, I do like a little tick list and just say, you know, like, I've done all the hard yards, I've dieted, I've trained, I couldn't have done anything else, you know, I didn't cut any corners. Go out there and spar, you know, you're training three or training six, seven hours a day, you're fit enough, you know what I mean? So doing 30, 12 rounds isn't going to be a hassle. And I just, I stay real relaxed, man, calm and just focus on the breathing um, and just laugh. And like I said, I tell you, I say this to everybody, win, lose or draw, it is what it is. The man going in Friday night or whatever night it is of the fight is going to be the same guy waking up in the morning. So if I'm fighting Wednesday night, I just say the guy going in Wednesday night is the same guy waking up Thursday morning. There's no pressure. Let's go out there, have fun. It's a sport at the end of the day. There's more to life than than sport, you know, when you have a family and, and you know, you're setting yourself up and whatnot. There's there's more to life. And um, I just stay relaxed, man. I just keep it cool. And uh, I don't get caught up too much. It's good advice, mate. It's, it's yeah. super advice. How long? Did, how, how old were you when you, cha you when you flicked the switch? You know, you're now 30 years old. Mm, at what, long, yeah. 
at what point did you go, fuck, I'm doing it all wrong here. I'm putting all this external pressure on myself. Was it when you sat down with a psychologist? Yeah, probably, man, wouldn't have been probably four or five years ago. Yeah, yeah. like I, I was doing it all wrong and I, I was overtraining and the body, like I said, the mind goes. Everyone thinks the body goes from when you're overtraining, like, oh, you know, my legs, I'm t-. it's the mind. The mind's had enough. And once the mind has enough, it's done. There's no, you know, I'd rather be underdone than overdone because, you know, underdone, you can push for, like forwards and, and get through a tough fight. When you're overdone, you, you, you're gone before you've even started. Mm. That's the same with the mind. You know, when you overdo your mind, you can't kick back from that. You know what I mean? So for me, like I said, at 26, 27, I said, you know, well, I'm going to see a sports psychologist. I invest a lot of money into myself and said, you know, this is, I suffer with like, you know, the overthinking and the what ifs and oh, I need, I need to win. And I just changed the way I was thinking, man. And, and the way things come out, people say, you know, like I said, it is what it is. People say to feel, I'm like, yeah, that's what it is, man. Yeah, Look, what else can I do? I'm going in there and, you know, in any sport, you know, I'm going in there on the night to give 100%. If that's not enough, it wasn't meant to be. You know, I can't go in there and be Mike Tyson. I'm Michael Zarafa. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's all I can bring is Michael Zarafa. And if it's not enough, then it's not meant to be today. And that's just what I do, man. I just keep it cool and just tell myself, man, like, it is what it is. It's fantastic. And we used to talk about it again in footy about, you know, process, you know, mm. versus outcome. You Correct. can start thinking about the outcome, exactly you right. fuck the process, and you I, just worry about the process yeah, and the outcome yeah, yeah. will take care of itself. And, and another key thing I do too, man, I'll say this to everyone, like if you think ahead, you, you have anxiety. If you think behind in the past, you start getting depressed. Like if I talk about my Cal Brooks fight, I'm like, oh, fuck, you know, I should have done. You start getting depressed about the outcome. You know, if I start thinking about my next fight, the world title, I get excited, I start getting myself anxiety. The, the key is to just be present, like just be kicking back right now. I'm in the studios doing a podcast, nothing else. I'm not thinking about training, you know, until this is done, what's next? Yeah. Be present. Being present is key. And that's where the sports psych helped me heaps. I know how to literally flick the switch. Like they'll come and knock on the door and say, you know, like Mick, you're on in three minutes. That's it. I flick the switch. It's showtime now. You know, like before, if you see me in the in the rooms, I was laughing, eating snakes and sour patch kids and all these kind of things and, <laughs> and just chilling out. And then it's like, Mick, let's go, you're on in three. It's like, bang, the eyes change, the pupils dilate. It's like, man, whoa, this is a different kid. And uh, I said to my trainer, I said, man, I'm willing to die out there tonight. Um, and after the first two minutes, I said to my trainer, or in the first round, I said, it's not going the distance, I'm going to stop this kid. It's incredible insight, and, mate. Yeah, next minute and a half later, it was all over. It is. It is. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be that quick, yeah. to be <laughs> Mate, it was a nice left. I was, so, uh, I was watching the replay a yeah, few times. I kept times. doing the same thing in the first round, and I was just setting it up. You know, 12 rounds, I was just taking my time. You know, and I was just popping that jab sharp and catching with that left hook once, twice, and I was just stinging it. And then I was like, mate, let's commit to this one. And the first one I threw, it was gone. So It looked pretty. Oh, <laughs> I can well, say. I told you. <laughs> How do you get, like, pretty boy, obviously, when, did you get oh, named that from the start? Oh, and yeah. did you hate it? Well, yeah, now you look, love I, it. I tried to shake. I tried, I honestly tried to shake it off for so many for so many years. But I got in the amateurs. Um, the ring announcer, whoever it was, back then, said, "You know, oh, he's so pretty. Look, he's classy. You know, and he looks so good to watch. The pretty boy." And it just stuck. Every time I fought in the amateurs, it was like, "Oh, the pretty boys are after." And I was like, Fine. "And then it happened. He happened to be the ring announcer for the pros when I debuted, and I was like, Jesus, man, I can't walk around. Like, you could give me something like the bomber or, you know, yeah. something, the, the destroyer or something. <laughs> but uh, the pretty boy now, and yeah, I just got to stick with it, I guess. Oh, mate, it's good. Hey, everything happens for a reason, exactly so right, you yeah. got you got to stick with it. Mate, just from a, from, a, um, from a losing point of view, which you haven't had many um, at all, but how do you bounce back from an L? You know, you spoke about the horn fight and how you have become a better man and boxer. Uh, what goes through your head and what, what kind of actions take place after a loss compared to a win maybe? Yeah, I literally 
the way I deal with it is I just don't think about it at all the next day I'm up and I'm in the gym and people are like, oh, you know, you fought yesterday. I said exactly yesterday. I'm moving forward. You know, whatever the decision was, even like after the Harden fight, I got up the next morning around, they're like, man, you fought last night. I said exactly that was yesterday. We're moving forward. Um, so I have that strong mentality where win, lose or draw. Um, I don't believe like, you know, you either win or you learn. I don't really believe in that. It's more just um, for my own personal, just moving forward, man. It, it, that was It's done now. Whatever it is, you can't get it back. There's no point in sitting there thinking, oh, I could have and should have and crying over spilt milk. It's done. Close the chapter. What's next? You know, if you've lost, it's like, all right, Mick, it's a setback. you got to fight A, B and C to get back where we were. Sweet, let's do it. Let's lock it in. Let's just move forward. You never dwell on the past. Again, you start thinking about something that was behind you. You start getting depressed about it, um, whether it's good or bad. You know, whether it's a relationship or, or a business or a sport, if you start thinking behind you, you start thinking, oh, shit, I could have done something better or, um, you know, I didn't do something good enough. And I just think forwards, man, just moving forwards. I love that. That's probably the best advice I've had so far, mate. The, the whole look back, depressed, yeah, look yeah. forward, anxious. Well, even if you do it yourself, try it. Like yeah, anything you yeah, think I of, like it, whether it's good or bad, like you'll be like, fuck, that was a good game I played. But, oh, if I had done this and oh, I should have handballed it that way, I could have kicked the six goals instead of seven. Like, you know, like you start getting all, you know, worked, worked up. up. And yeah. it's like, shit. And then if you start thinking about things ahead of you, because I'll do it all the time sometimes. I'm thinking about two weeks from now, I've got a, you know, a wedding and what I wear. And you start giving yourself anxiety. You know, it's like, man, I'll deal with it when it comes. Just I'm right now. You know, you can't live forwards and you can't live behind. You've got to live now. Yeah. And, man, anyone that does that, I just feel like you're just so much more switched on. Um, and you just, yeah, you just got a, a wit about you. You're just more focused. Yeah, you know? I like, like that. Yeah. You know? It's something I'm not good at. I remember like a few people, they're, they're so well organized. I'm very laxy daisy kind of. I am pretty present, I think. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I'm looking forward to little things. But yeah, certainly when you start looking forward and you do get a bit anxious, mate. You're like, yeah, Fuck, you I've, can't got, wait, I've yeah. got three things on next week. I'm trying to work out what I'm going to do. It's like, yeah, then you build yourself up. You and, there's just... something so, and what it actually is to what you've put in your mind, the completely different things. Yeah. You know, in my head, like I've had fires from my, fuck, I'm going to get knocked out. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a war and I go out there the first minute and I knock him out. It's like, man. Gee, what I wasn't if, even worried. That's another one. When, you, when you're, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, right? I used to play basketball and there's a, I'm only a little squeezer and this yeah, bloke's yeah. got underarm hair. I'm yeah, going, yeah. fuck it, <laughs> this bloke's going to murder me. I see that too. Yeah, and. You know, I can only imagine when you're a boxer, especially when you're younger, and you go, have a fucking go at the yeah, size yeah. of this bloke. I did that, man. I used to look at people I'm like, oh, my, like my dad. And I'm like, man, he's got tattoos. And at the point, I wasn't tattooed. And I was like, man, I'm only 18. I was like, yeah, he's got tattoos. And my dad's like, so who cares? Like, these tattoos aren't going to fight for you. He's like, yeah, but like, you know, look at his neck and he's, he's got big legs and he's got arm hair. And oh, I was like, fuck, who cares, mate? Like, go in there and fight. And then I just said to myself, well, I've always been a fighter. And in boxing, one of those things, I, I, I truly believe you can't become a boxer. You've got to be like, you've got to have it in you. And I, I say to everyone, it's, it's called, you've got to have the cut in you. And that's, um, I never like starting a fight. I'll never start a fight. But you got to, you know, when it's time to go, you got to go. And uh, some people just don't have that in them. I don't have it, man. Yeah, you know, like I've, I know people, and I know people that are in the sport, and you know, I won't name drop, but if you went up and said, what are you looking at? You know, they'll be like, oh, you know, sorry. Like, <laughs> if someone did that to me, I'd be like, what's your problem? You know what I mean? Like, you've you got to fight for what's yours and what's right, you know, and some people just don't have that in them. And yeah. you're like, for me, I can't play footy. I just don't have the coordination for that. It's too fast. Like, I've tried playing with mates and even soccer. Like, you would have laughed if you were there two weeks or three weeks ago. <laughs> Mate, I was... Shocking. Oh, no, soccer's tough. Shocker, I, I, again, I guess you've got a lot of respect to anyone that oh, does something man, you, you know good at. I said, Jesus, how do you do this for that? I don't know how yeah, they control man, the ball with their feet, crazy. without their hands. But, um, yeah, I was panicking. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Mate, what's been the toughest thing that you've encountered throughout your career so far? If I if I said, what's the toughest, what comes to front of mind? Uh, oh, this gets me every time. Uh, uh, Dwight Ritchie. Um, the passing of Dwight Ritchie, man, that was probably the hardest day of my life. Um 
and something I'll never forget. And it was, I hope no one ever has to go through that, man. Like, we fought each other twice in the amateurs. Um, and we had over thousands of rounds of sparring. And, uh, yeah, tragically on that day, man, we sparred and I hit him with a shot. He went down and just, yeah, it was it, was it man. He didn't wake up. He died in the middle of the ring. And, yeah, for me, that was, you know, to face his family and, and everybody. I felt like I was, it was my fault, you know, but for me, yeah, like I said, that, to this day, people say, how do you get, how do you get over it? And I just, I haven't. I've never get over it. You can't get over that. Mm. You know, I've seen, I've never seen someone die, you know, and in just the whole process and the noises, you know, the skin color, just everything, man. It was just fucking worst day. It was yeah. almost his birthday too, so it's something I've always got to mm. <laughs> always remember. But um, Is there ongoing therapy for that no, stuff? No, look, for me, again, I'm super strong mentally. Um, like I fought, I think two, three weeks later, I fought Jeff Orn in the rematch. Everyone's like, man, you should not take this fight. I said, look, man, if Dwight would want me to fight, you know, and <clears throat> we did and didn't go my way. But, I mean, mentally I just I just move forward again. You know, I don't think about the past. I, tr I never try to think about it. It's something I'll never get over. But it's just something I, I try not to think about. Um, yeah, and sometimes I'll, I'll go for runs and I'll hear a song or you know, something will bring me back to a day, that day, that time. And um, I'm like, fuck, you know, I just got to switch off. Just yeah. think of something else, man. But because it was, it was, yeah, it was a shocking day, man. It was terrible. I appreciate you you mentioning it and talking about it. And yeah, man, I'm sorry to hear it's. Uh, I didn't actually know much about that, so yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I uh, appreciate you telling that and giving us some insight because that'd be incredibly tough. Yeah. Let's flick the switch then. Let's go positive. What's been the biggest highlight so far of your career, or maybe the most pivotal moment that you've gone? Fuck, I've just arrived and I'm ready to take over. Uh, for me, my biggest, like I've had great wins, man, and I've been the underdog in many of my big fights and I've won, but my most, you know, proudest moment was going, to, taking Kelbrook 12 rounds. Even though I, I lost, to to go to a, such a stadium with a caliber of fighter, Kelbrook, so I watched him when I was a kid, man. He's, he's arguably one of the best pound-for-pound -pound fighters in the world. Um, and then have Michael Buffer as my ring announcer and just have, you know, celebrities in the crowd. And you know, I was like, man, this is nuts, you know, and... To me, that was when I was like, I made it. You know, this is, this is nice. I'm looking around, you know, Sky Sports, ESPN. I was, my face was all over vehicles and I was like, man, this is nuts. And um, for me, that was when the penny dropped and said, you know, this is where I want to be. You know I mean? It didn't go my way, but that's where I want to bounce back now and, and be. And I said number two and now I've got a world title shot. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, like I said, it didn't go my way, but what, what an achievement. I think me and only one other went 12 rounds with him and he's fought, you've seen his resume, he's fought everybody, former IBF world champion. Beat Sean Porter, fought Golovkin, Errol Spence, fought everybody, and um, yeah, again for me that was fucking that was huge, it's incredible. How many people in the crowd that night? Twenty thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, for me, like when you fight, that's what another thing too. You know, when you fight in Australia and Melbourne, you know, you're fighting in good venues, two thousand, three thousand, five thousand. You know, and then you go straight from here to there, and I'm like, man, this is just like I was in the state. Oh, we fought at Sheffield Arena, and um, the screens, you know, Michael Buffer, the the way it's a different world over there. The way that they do the weigh-ins, the media, my head was everywhere. And I was like, man, this is crazy. Box you know, like, this is nuts. And um, yeah, for me, I was like, man, this is where I want to be. And people were like, are you nervous? I was like, nah, man, this is this is awesome. Like, how do you like? Yeah. How do I tell you? How do you exp like express that? You know, like it doesn't happen every day. Some you know? rise to the occasion. Yeah, you know, I was like, the pressure's on. I'm the underdog. I got nothing to lose, everything to gain. I said, you know what? In 50 years from now, if I'm still alive. Man, I fought Kel Brook. I could talk about this. You know, that's what I say to everybody. Make, make, don't worry about the clothes. And Tyson, even Tyson, like everything in this world's borrowed. You know what I mean? The clothes we wear, the shoes, the, you know, where we are now. When, when, it's, when it's our time, you can't take that with us. You know what I mean? Like 
memories. You take memories, and that's what I, I love. You know, making memories, meeting new people. You know, venues, fights. That's why I'll fight anybody because the memory. Mm. I can talk about losing to Calbrook and the experiences and the people I met along the way and training at Freddie Roaches, Pacquiao, sparring Miguel Cotto, you know, beating my last opponent. Like I can talk about all this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like for me, I don't care about what I wear and you know, I don't care about any of that stuff, man. It doesn't matter. It's, when you get older, you start to work that out, don't you? Well, yeah, well, younger, I've had both. Like, you know, like I've been at rock bottom and had nothing. You know, I didn't come from a rich family, just, you know, everyday Joe Blows working at the airport. You know, my mum's a nurse. We weren't rich, you know, and, and I've I've been, have nothing and I've, I've got money now. And it's like nothing changes. You know, like people think, oh, you know, money. Money means shit all, man. Mm. I'd say that to people. If you're chasing money, your dream's never going to make it. Man, if I was chasing money, I would have retired after my first fight. You know, 200 bucks. Couldn't even buy myself a pair of shoes. <laughs> yeah. But for me, I left and people were like, bro, you got 200 bucks. I was like, fuck, man, I made it. I was, I'm making yeah, it, man. I'm getting yeah, paid for yeah, boxing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, I never chase money. You know, money's good. Don't get me wrong. You know, you can't live without it. I've never chased money, man. I'll give someone my last dollar. I couldn't give it. I give. always say that to people and that's kind of why I'm doing this. I really love people. I've just, yeah, you know, man. finished footy while you're doing it. Um, a lot of people ask about the money straight away. You know, it's yeah. like, clearly this will be something I'm going to do for a while and there's something else that I'm looking for. But, mate, I've had a dream since I was a kid yeah, yeah. to play an AFL premiership. It's all gone now. So I'm mm. working out what the dream is. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, the first thing is, mate, you want to get a job here? They pay you unreal. It's like, mate, I want to do something so, I really exactly enjoy. I can right, always man. go back to that. Yeah, yeah. You know? People rush. You know, People think, oh, man, I'm 25, 20. Like, mate, doesn't matter if you're 35, 36. doesn't matter. Patience. Patience is key, man. If, like I said, it's taken me 23 years to get here. Mm. And people think, oh, they rock up last week and think, Faz, the Raf has made it. 23 years, you know, I think I just went to the letterbox, grabbed, you know, uh, a letter of, of success. It didn't work like that, man. I had to early mornings, late nights, miss out on parties, no social life, everything, man. Like mm. the struggle was real, you know what I mean? Like, but it all plans out to be, you know, what, what I wanted to do in life and that's be a professional fighter and now I'm here. Yeah. And it's great, mate. And you're, um, and you're chasing that world <laughs> title. So it's, uh. It's close. How close is it? One fight away. So my next fight's booked in for the IBF World Title. What's the so, date? So we can pump it up here. Well, we're, we're still so it's the guy I'm fighting is Falco, number one from Brazil. He's with top ranked promotions, one of the biggest um, promotions in the world with Bob Arum. So we're organising obviously because Georgie Cambosis um, is fighting Devin Haney um, on a top ranked promotion as well. So when he's down here, we're obviously going to tee up with him and uh, sit out with with Bob Arum and organise everything. But it's looking like September, October. Yeah. September, October, great time of the year as well. Huge, huge. Well, mate, let's get into training. Um, <clears throat> I'm really, you know, as you said, you keep it the same when you train and how you fight, right? So let's go to a training camp because there's kind of different components in my eyes and I want you to, you know, give me some great insights, right? But then I've got no idea. But from the outside looking in, I'd imagine the training camp is brutal. You have the fight and there's got to be a recovery phase, I would have thought, and then work on your next opponent is that what happens? Give me an insight on how it leads for up to a, a normal, fight. For a normal boxer, yes, but I'm a little bit abnormal in that area. I mean, I'll get straight back into it. Like I said, it was yesterday. Fight. We're moving forward next day. And, and for me, I, I'm a big believer in what works never change. I hate change. And if it's working, don't change it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Correct. You know, <laughs> people say, oh, like, you know, this camp, we're going to add in more of this and let's try Why? You know what I mean? Like, you're winning. Why would you change anything? You know what I mean? And for me, depending on who the opponent is, that's I'll leave that to my team, you know, who the opponent is and, and game plan and stuff like that. And we obviously implement that throughout our training. But nothing changes for me. You know, I'll do my road work. I hate strength and conditioning, but it needs to be done. Yeah. Uh, and my boxing. I'm very old school. These guys go to these cryos and all these like yeah, yeah. Fan, man, it's boxing. Let's You're do fighting. it. Back. Road work. As in oh, road work? Is that what you said? Road work, as in running. 
Yep. Oh, roadworks yeah. running. Yeah. Oh, boxes. Yeah. We Sorry. Call it road yeah, work, yeah. Yeah. Running so, sprints. Yeah. yeah. yeah roadworks. <laughs> so when we say up in the morning, we go for our roadwork. It's, okay. It's like you know running. What are you um, doing? Like what session, for example? Um, Without giving so, away your secrets. But yeah. You know, no. Look, I'll get up depending on what we have. Obviously, planned in the morning. So sometimes my trainer, Sammy Lebruna, who to me is fucking absolute legend. Um, but he might say, look, we're sparring at. 11 o'clock in the morning and that will, we'll go there we'll stretch out and that's where we punch on imitate the fight obviously sparring is pretty intense we might do 10 rounds of sparring you know finish up with bag work and and uh, a little bit of drills and stuff like that then later that night I'll do um, a 10k run um, 10k yeah yeah 8 to 10k is pretty, pretty flat crazy. out or like intervals well I'm a pretty good runner um, so I'll do like 4 minute 15 kilometers I'm yeah. pretty yeah pretty 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 fast but and then that's day one and then like the next day we'll get up and I might run in the morning and then I've got boxing at night and it will switch and we'll do drills, bag work, pad work, um, you know, all that skipping, all that kind of Fuck, stuff. man, there's so much training. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes. And then the next day might be like strength and conditioning. Mm. And then so that's an hour and a half, two hours strength and conditioning. And then later that night back for boxing. And then, yeah, people don't understand what goes in. Like I train, yeah, I train probably five, six hours a day, every day. Fuck. And uh, even now. When you do your, your strength and conditioning, right? Mm. Hate it. Lower body one day, upper body the next day, combined. Uh, so obviously when I do strength, people think it's, I don't do any weights. So it's more- um, Body weight? Yeah, body weight, like um, circuit work, you know, like box jumps, yeah. um, lunges, sprint, you know, sleds. Dynamic stuff. All that kind of stuff, plyometrics, mm-hmm. um, all that kind of all that kind of stuff, which I absolutely hate. If you watch me doing a strength and conditioning session, you'll probably think, mate, how is this bloke number two in the world? I- um. It's weird in boxing. I have such coordination, but when it comes to strength and conditioning, yeah. mate, I can't do two things at once. <laughs> I'm, I'm all over the joint. But um, I've really, I've really adapted to it now, and I can see <clears throat> the improvements, the strength, um, and I love it. I'm starting to love it now. But fuck, it's, good. it's I mean, crazy. If you can see the correlation, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Coach going, hey, yeah, not really doing. And that's yeah. what I mean. Like even the food, like I eat for fuel. I don't eat for because of enjoyment. You let's know, go like, on full. Let's go on nutrition. So shocking again. Uh, shocking. So obviously lollies. I, I used to cover for them. Right? <laughs> lollies is like my little hit, but yeah. they are. I get pimples when I eat too much yeah, of it mate, now, man. Same. I'm breaking it. <laughs> it's the lollies, <laughs> mate. But let's remove the lollies. Everyone deserves a little treat every now and then. What do you? You must be eating a lot of food because you're burning a lot of calories. I have a weird system, man. So I do that intermediate fasting. Rubbish. And I, I start eating about 5, 30, 6 o'clock at night. I only have one meal a day. Wow. Yeah, it's a big meal. And then from about, say- How big's the meal? Sorry, I don't want to uh, skip over look, that. Look, I might have a bowl of pasta. Or I might yeah, get some red meat into me, some chicken, some potatoes, whatever maybe. Normal meal, but yeah, like, you know, a decent monster. size, a bit, bit of a bigger meal than normal. And then from around 6 o'clock to about 9 o'clock, I just smash lollies. <laughs> and um, you know, it's the quickest in, of, in the body and quick, quickest out the body. And you feel good, you know, and like Ooh. training so hard- you know, I'll push my body because I I know at the end of the day I'm going to get those lollies. You know, it mentally pushes me to go that yeah. bit more. And then I wake up in the morning, won't eat till five thirty, six o'clock the next day. But the lollies I've eaten the night before gives me all the energy, and then I'm basically maintaining my weight until I need to drop more. Wow! And people are like, man, they've tried and they're like, fuck, like it, it's it's hard to adjust because you know someone that loves their food, like you know, I think shit, I haven't had breakfast, haven't had lunch. If they're you know used to doing that, where for me, man, I won't eat for ten hours throughout the day. That four hours, I'll smash it, and then the next morning, I'll use that four hours of food that I had the night before to give me the energy. Fuck and you man. just feel grouse, man. You feel yeah, awesome. It's funny you say that, because um, when you have a lolly, it yeah. actually does. It does. You go, oh, I'm not that hungry now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It just it satisfies everything, and then and obviously it's endorphins kick in, and you're like, man, I feel grouse. Like I'm eating chocolate. It's a quick, yeah. And there's no like, there's no backward step for me because I've done the hard work throughout the day. I've dropped the weight that I've needed to. I've put in the work, and I'm rewarding now the body. So now, like, I don't drink water when I train. 
I drink afterwards because your body now will push because it knows if it pushes, it's going to get the reward of the water. Wow. So do you not feel, do you not feel dehydrated? I'm like, you know, no, those, no, I've no. had those moments where I'm like, oh, I've got no energy. I need a quick zap of a no, shitload no. of food. I'll, I mean, I drink four or five liters a day, but I'll do it in between six and nine o'clock. At night? Yeah. Yeah. You'd be pissing all night, wouldn't you? Oh, at the start I was. I was like, fuck, I might have to wear a nappy to bed, mate. <laughs> but, um, but no, I got used to it pretty quick. I was like, fuck, it was, it was sweet. But um, yeah, and then all the day you just, you, and that's what it sits in your stomach. So then when you wake up, you've got the energy, you're, the, you're hydrated, you know, you're, you're pissing all day, you're, you're, you just feel good. And that's and, you. That's your routine. You're yeah, not changing yeah. that. And then the time you crash, as you start crashing, the sessions are done and it's nearly hitting that six o'clock mark again and you fuel again. Fucking there you go. Yeah, it's, it's, but everyone's different. Like um, there's a basketball player from, I think, the Lakers. He does the same thing. Is it, uh, I don't know his name. I forgot his name. Mate, right? I think I know who it is. So I was going to mention DK Metcalf does the same mm. thing. For yeah, the Seattle, yeah, yeah. Um, he plays for Seattle, right? Seahawks. Mm. He's a wide receiver. He's built like a brick shit house. Yeah, he just so come out publicly yeah, 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 and said he has three same. bags of lollies, right? Yeah, yeah. And then he has a meal, one meal. Yeah. And I was the physique of him. Yeah, yeah, I'm mad. He's built like a brick shit house. And I sent it to me, <clears throat> got an old Freo group WhatsApp, mm. and they used to rip me, right? Yeah, yeah. Now I'm a sloppy bastard. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I said, hey, I think I was onto a winner Mate, here because I used you. to get absolutely crucified. Once you get it down pat, man, I've tried, like, I'm not vegan or anything, but I've tried vegan diets. I've tried, you know, vegetarian. I've tried just sol solely meats. I've tried, I've tried it all. So you've tried it all. And for me, like, I go straight back to that because I love the lollies and, like, you just feel good. That's I mean, like, you, know, you just got to look after your teeth a little bit better. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, just bleach them. <laughs> yeah, well, lucky I got a dentist as a sponsor, which is good. But, um, yeah, I just feel like it's the best, man. You're sitting at home, like, you've done the hard day, you have a cold shower or an ice bath or whatever, and you sit down watching a movie, you're just eating your lollies, and you don't have any guilt. Oh, man, it's the best. Do you ever get the sweats when you eat too many lollies? No, I haven't. Well, I'm used to it now. About the start, I did, and I was like, I started feeling sick. I was getting the fucking the, the chocolate burps happening. I was like, mate, this is not for me. <laughs> this is incredible, yeah, man. Um, I love how you love your lollies. Oh, like, man, crazy. I fucking eat that many. I don't eat them too many now, but I used to smash lollies. You can ask Same, anyone man. listening, to anyone that knows me really well, <laughs> they will love this because I fucking love lollies. Oh, man, we're I, on a winner. I told mate, you, man. I'm telling get you. Get back like, on it. Get back on it, mate. And the <laughs> sour ones as well. Like, even I'm a the, huge. What do you think of the Skittles, right? They've taken the sour on the outside, put on the inside. Do you want the old school? Or no, the... I'm not a big fan of the, the Skittles. I love the, the, uh, the sour straps. Oh, yeah. Uh, the straps, the rainbow, all those kind of fucking, anything sour, man, I'll smash. But, yeah. um, Coke gotta, bottles, cherry oh, bottles. Coke bottles are the bomb, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, now like, we're talking. Man. Fucking... What time is it? Is it six o'clock in here? Man, I, like, <laughs> I, I hate hard candy. I'm not a big hard candy dude, but, oh, man, the sour's for me. And I love it too because normally when I'm around all my mates, they don't eat it. Yeah. So I'm like, folks, this is gold here, man. I've got a whole bowl of fucking sour yeah, shit All my myself. mates call me a little baby. You're like, <laughs> you're like a little kid. Yeah, I'm like, who gives a fuck? I always go to the American lolly shops here. I just fucking load up, Yeah. load up. But it's the key, man. And you've got to find everyone's different mm. and I say to everyone like I've got people that reach out to me on Instagram and social say hey Mick you know I've got a first fight coming up or you know I'm trying to lose weight and I say look to be honest if I gave you um, you know advice I'd be lying to you because you've got to find what works for you you know for us the lollies thing was working you know but someone tries it and they're like man I felt sick I felt I was going to throw up I got the sweats it didn't work for me I felt like shit well, we got to find something that works for you. And then once you find something that kind of makes you feel that little bit better, then you start adding and playing around with it. And it might take a couple of months, might take a year. But once you find it, like I took probably about a year to find that. And then I'm like, man, like, this is the best thing for me, man. Like even when I was sparring, I was like, fuck. I started getting into a routine where I was like, man, I'm going to have a Snickers and a Twix before sparring or, you know, or a V or something before sparring because it was giving me the most energy. Where like if I had a bowl of oats or, you know, some wheat bix or whatever the hell it might be, cocoa pods, I've tried a sugary cereal didn't work. I was like, man, you know, this is my, my go-to and it works. Yeah. Yeah. Do you drink much coffee? 
No, I can't. No, I hate it, man. Yeah? Yeah, I can't get it down, man. I don't know why people drink it. It's like mud. Yeah. <laughs> it's disgusting, man. I must say, mate, when, when I was doing, when I was injured, I was doing a lot of cross training, a lot of conditioning, mm. and I, I had to do it on an empty stomach, otherwise it's coming up. Yeah, it's the best, man. And like empty stomach training, like in the morning, if you're training early morning, empty stomach's key. Yeah. You know, and even like other athletes, like Conor McGregor, the top, top guys, they say the same thing, you know, fasted cardio, empty stomach. Mm. Takes you to a different place. Yeah. You know, you're, you're working on, you know, mind. You know, that's the thing. Every time you train, work on the mind. The body, the body can do anything. Anyone can put on gloves and throw a punch. My little niece and nephew can punch. You know, punch on. But it's the mind. You know, it's tunnel vision. Mate, great work there. That's uh, it's a great chat. Let's just talk about making weight. What do you sit at now, and what do you um, what do you fight at? Uh, so I always walk around about seventy six, and I fight at seventy two. So I'm always ready because oh, you know there's nice. been times a lot of fighters they do it all wrong. You know, and Andre Ward, former world champion, said. The key to a, a world champion and successful fighter is someone that always maintains his weight outside of the ring. And that's what I always do, man. It's a lifestyle for me. So even now I've got a different mindset. Like when I'm in fight camp, I, I train and cut weight for a fight. Now I'm, I'm training to eat. You know, like I want some KFC. I'll run in the morning. I know I can reward myself with some KFC. I won't have, so, oh, four, two weeks ago, I'll get on the beers, have some KFC. And then that's when injuries start happening <clears throat> because – They'll put on the 10kgs and then they'll try to do things that they were doing in camp. 10k runs, injuries start happening, knees start playing up, back starts hurting. You can't do that. For me, if you're a full-time fighter and you want to be a professional athlete, you're always 24-7 on it. Because my phone could go off now for my manager and say, mate, we just got a fucking huge offer. Two weeks from now, O2 Arena, which happened to me in England um, for a world title fight. You know, now obviously I secured a world title shot, but back then, you know, you never, you always got to stay ready. Say, oh, sorry, mate, I can't make weight. Oh, man, I'm not ready. I'm ready to go all the time. I got a call now, I'm ready to go, man. That's what you got to be. That's a, that's a professional fighter. There's fighters and there's professional fighters. There's good and then there's great. And that's the difference. Let's you know, talk about that. Difference. You said that on another podcast, let's do 1%. 1%. Huge, huge 1% as in people say, oh, it's, it's, it's cringy. And I get it. Yeah, 1% as in. But if you have missed 10%, you're going in there 90%. I don't need to be 100% now. And this is where, it's not what you've done, oh, I'm at 90% now, it's me now. I know you haven't done the work or whatever, you're 10% down. I don't need to come in at 100%. I only need to be 91% and I'll win. Do you know what I mean? And this is where people get wrong, oh, you know, if I didn't, like Jeff Horn in the first fight, I had pizza and, and then that, that's, that's bullshit. You're a professional fighter, you're a prize fighter, you can't be talking about pizza. I had pizza too the night before. Yeah. So I don't know, and I, I beat him, you know, like, People make excuses. It's just you didn't put in the work. You know, one percenters, man. And, and I know people where they're like, "Fuck, man, twenty percent's gone. That's eighty percent. You're going in the ring." People think, "Oh, eighty percent. That's high. That's shocking. Mm. I got to be eighty-one percent, and I beat you." Mm. So you know, I'm a big believer in one one percenters. Yeah, I love it. No, I love the way you broke it down. Let's go to uh, recovery, mate. What kind of recovery? I give you the AFL kind of normal recovery. You're talking ice baths. You're yeah. talking fucking heat, depending on how you're going. You know, you can go to the beach. You got bloody these pools. They put horses in. Incredible. They got spas, all this stuff. Massage, physio. Not much. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Osteo. There's no osteo. The ones that I've gone to. You got all the recovery boots. You got bike. You got all that shit, right? What recovery do boxers do? Or you, imp more importantly, you? Oh, man, I hate all that stuff. Again, I'm very old school. Man, jumping a beach, jumping an ice bath, we're done. Yeah, how long That's for? Uh, well, I do. I try to stay as long as I can, but I'm a bit of a bit of a girl when it gets to the yeah, ice bath. Yeah, mate, they're nothing worse. Oh, fuck, I hate them. The they're toes tough. go, I'm out. Oh, man, my knees, my <laughs> hands, stuff like that. And everyone's like, go lower. And I'm like, shut up, fucking piss off, Yeah, mate. yeah, under the nipples, under oh, like, fucking, mate, you get your nipples. It's the worst. <laughs> every morning I've, I've trained the monitor, and I say this to everyone, have a cold shower. Yeah. 
every morning, start your day with a cold shower. Do your bed and have a cold shower. It's my key. It, it, it's the best advice I've ever gotten in my life. My sports psychologist said, mate, start doing it. If you can control your mind to have a hot shower and then just before you get out, put on fully fully cold and stay there for two, three minutes, your day, your your heart rate goes, your your nervous system wakes up, your uh, anxiety goes, just, mate, you just feel fresh. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll just have a cold shower in the morning, uh, cold shower at night, ice baths at the end of the week, massage. That's pretty much it, man. Do you love a massage? Nah, because the ones I go, the guy I go to, Body Line, he's amazing. Um, but he's just fucking hurts, kills, yeah. man, you know, because we punish our bodies. That's what I mean. Footballers and cricketers and soccer players and stuff. We we punish our body to then come fight time to punish it more, you know. So, you know, after our training sessions, we're battered. We go there to batter it more and a massage and you know, putting it this way, putting it that way, and it's it's painful, man. But um, they got to be done, you know. Yeah. It's it's the reward at the end. You know, that's what I think about. Just the end reward. And lollies. And lollies, mate. <laughs> so, mate, I'm going to throw those coals after you. Oh, mate, that is – uh, I'm still trying – the lolly things. That's, try it. I'm telling anyone listening, try it. It's, um, it's fucking incredible. Your weight will pick up before it goes, but once it goes, you'll see how you'll feel. It's fucking funny. Mate, I want to talk about entertainment. Thanks for all that training inside. It's really cool to see what other people do and their routines and also um, different sports <laughs> as well because we're going to have different sports people on this potty. But um, let's go to the entertainment and promotion for a fight, right? Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather, just to name a few, they do it so well. And we talk about the line. You can't cross the line. Some do. Sometimes it, you know, sometimes it becomes better. I, I don't think it does. Mm. But, you know, have you got a team? You clearly do. And and who are they? And do they sit down and assemble an advertising marketing campaign? And if it if they do, there's a lot here, but what is it and how do they do it? Because I just I sit back sometimes and go, oh bang, like TV. Yeah. Like for example, Paul Gallon's coming up. We'll talk about that stuff in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck, okay. Well, okay, it's only a month away. You know, yeah, obviously yeah. there's all power of work behind yeah, the scenes. Yeah, yeah, Give course. us an insight to how that goes. Look, I'll leave that to my team. Um, you know, I've got a media manager in Max Markson and Sammy Labruna, um, who's my boxing manager and my coach. Um, I, I try not to get involved in that, you know, and then I, I kind of get the well, – I say that more time. The, at the end of the day, the, the end signature that means the most and that matters is mine. So do what needs to be done and, and give it to me on paper and, and we'll suss it out there. But um, – there's so much that goes on behind one event, one show, um, you know, one podcast or whatever it may be. There's just so much things that go on and um, people, don't, people don't see that, you know, it's, it's crazy. Like my last show that I just had two weeks ago, like when I walked out, I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, because I went there prior around 12.30 just to suss out the venue, just to get a feel of the venue and it was, I was setting up and it was empty. But the next time I saw it was when I walked out and I was like, Jesus, you know, there was so much money so much time, you know, my trainers were up at two in the morning while we were sleeping, you know, making all this shit happen. But um, again, I try not to get too involved because in, it's just the less I have to worry about is is better, you know. So the load they take off me worrying about promotional stuff, I just get the calls. And I say, Mick, you're on SEN, you're on, you know, Triple M, you're on TV, Fox Sport, wherever it may be, you know, I just, yeah, cool, man, no worries, easy done, you know. So I just stay out of it. But there's so much that goes on in any promotion. Yeah. And what's the, uh, I guess, what's the perfect storm to sell a fight from what you've seen so far? Uh, being real, being flamboyant. You know, I've got the key to do that. And, you know, everyone said it around Australia, all the promoters say, mate, Zarafa is a key selling point, you know, because I never crossed that line, you know, and a lot of people, I'm, I'm, I'm betrayed as that. I'm the villain. But, um, you know, people that talk to me like, man, you're actually really nice. I said, that's just the TV. You know, I'm scripted to say certain things and do certain stuff. But, um, you know, I'm never, I never d dig into like personal family, you know, anything like that. Um, 
it's just, yeah, try to be flamboyant. Be yourself. I wing it. You know, yeah. people, have, people say, oh, what are you going to do? I was like, I should wing it, man. Like, you know, it's the best way to do it, isn't well, it? Even when you said to me, is it, what question? I said, I'll wing it. You know, yeah. like, yeah. how can I plan for the unknown? You know, mm. how's the fight going to pan out? Fuck, I don't know. Tell me afterwards and I'll ask and I'll answer it. You it's know? funny like, you say that, bro, because like, I'm doing this podcast. I like to wing it, right? Yeah. Like, say I do fine. these questions and now half of them I make up on the spot, but mm. you sometimes get stuck when you prepare for it. I yeah. Find. You ever think, man, I was in America. Like, sorry to cut you off, but no, 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 go. I was in America and I was on. I was fighting the world titles on every channel, fucking New York, everything. And they were like, Mick, we need to say da 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 da. Oh. And I had to prep it in my head. And they were like, three, two, one. And it took me something that should have taken two minutes, took me two hours. And by the <laughs> end of it, it was just higher Michael Zarafa because I overthought it. I was trying to prep for something that I just could not do. But when I was like, hey, man, I'm Michael Zarafa, tune in. You know, like, it's just so much easier to just wing it. Yeah. Like people that try to script things and plan, you always fuck up. A hundred percent. That's where AFL, this is why like, I think podcasts will be massive. I've already spoken to a few other mm -hmm. guys that are starting their own, but at an AFL club to give you insight, because you're your own, you're your own yeah, boss. Yeah. You, yeah, know, exactly you talk right, on behalf yeah. of Mickey Zarafa, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're not, we're like a little fucking pawn on a chessboard, <laughs> mate. You <laughs> say as the buddy king and queen. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so when you go to a press conference, right, there's things like, don't say this. They're going to ask you about this. They might ask you about this. You yeah, cannot yeah, yeah. say that. Please try to touch on that. You go in there, you go, how the fuck can I, I be myself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I might I as just, well just fucking not Some talk. do that. They do. Some have that. You know, I've seen in press conferences where they've got stuff written, dot points and, oh, yeah. I like, well, I'll just chill. People say, oh, what are you going to say? I don't know. Like, I'll, I'll figure yeah, it out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I never knew what was going to happen, how me and Hardman punched on or threw punches and the way in. The I just wing it. I walk in there and I say, Mick, how's your day? Yeah, my day is good. You know, I can't prepare. Or is she going to ask me that question? Or, you know, in a football match, you can't say, oh, you know, I'm going to kick six goals. I'm going to go out there and play. If six come, I'm going to kick them. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. it's the way you tweak things. Present, mate. Stay yeah, in the moment. Present, exactly right. It's brilliant, mate. It's brilliant. Righto, a few more questions here about the entertainment industry. Um, we've already gone through. I just want to know a bit more about Australian boxing and then obviously, you know, global. What kind of paydays? You started with 200 bucks, right? What is a normal payday for a normal fighter? I'm not saying you because you're always at the top, but yep. just for these other people out there that want to become boxers, what, what is the payday look like? Is it a career that you can you can <sighs> kind of survive on or do you need to go get another job while you do it? Yeah, look, 100%. You know, I've been lucky um, – because obviously I'm at the top end, I, I had the opportunities to fight big names and, and I beat them. But, um, you know, if these guys up and up and coming and depending on who their promoter is, you know, certain deals are different. You know, they might say, look, if you sell X amount of tables, they'll give you kickback of tables plus a purse or you know, everyone's different. You know, for me, I don't sell tables and stuff like that. I just say, mate, this is what I want to be paid. Either take it or find another fighter. So so, just to get the, give me the security income kind of thing. Oh, uh, for me or for uh, somebody else? Oh, for you, you'd you prefer that? Yeah, yeah. Guaranteed for me, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say to my trainer, I'll say, Sammy, I want to be paid four or five hundred grand. That's what I want to be paid. If you don't, you know, tell them we don't want the fight. Yeah. And then nine out of ten, because it's an entertaining fight or it makes sense, you, you know, we'll get the offers. Well, they say, look, we can't give you five hundred. We'll give you a three fifty plus x amount of pay per views or whatever it may be, but. For me, like I'm on the higher end now moving forward. Um, yeah, some big paydays. You know, I've had a few big paydays and bigger paydays are, are coming. But, you know, again, it was tough. You know, I was working at the airport. Um, you know, I was doing PTs on the side. I was up early trying to train, go to work. It was tough, man, because you're only getting paid, you know, back then it was probably like seven to ten grand a fight. And how many fights a year? You might have three fights, you know, yeah, so you got tough. 30 grand, you know what I mean? And like... You can't live off that. No. Nah. You know, not today's life anyway, man. Like if you're living at home and stuff like that and you're a 17, 18-year-old kid, sure, you know, but not fucking, 
you know, got living alone, paying your mortgage, this and that, or, you know, doing whatever you got to do. So, but for me, I got, again, I, I knew where I was going. For me, it's inevitable. I always knew I was going to be in this position. And it's so weird. Like I was saying, I wish I could express how I could, I knew it was going to happen, you know, and um, I say to people, it's going to happen. I'll let you know when it does. Visualization is yeah. huge for you, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I do. I look, I, I was a bit skeptical on it. Uh, you know, oh, yeah, visualization, manifestation, all this crap. And, and then when I started really thinking about it and doing it, I was like, oh my God, I actually thought that. And I was like, it actually happened. And I was like, fuck, you know. And I started like thinking stuff. You know, I was on SAS, the TV show, and that was something I just, I always just thought about being on. I was like, man, imagine that. Like two years ago, I was like, I want to be on that, man. And I kept saying it. And I was like, I want to be on this one day. I'm gonna, and then eventually I got the call and I said, man, you want to be on? I was like, man, this is crazy. You know, I was like, fuck, I actually thought about this. And um, yeah, you visualize, it just takes pressure off you and it's, it just makes things a lot clearer. You know, like it doesn't mean you're going to get it. It just makes things a lot clearer. You know, like sometimes, you know, inputs here, inputs there, blurred vision there, blurred vision there. It's like, you know, well, I want to start manifesting and visualize, using vis visualization to, to get where I want to get. It just makes things so much smoother mm. and like just relaxing. You know? Yeah. No, you're right, actually. I mean, just thinking about it, if you've got a goal and you, you know where it is, yeah, you probably yeah. start knocking back things that, yeah, are at, yeah. that aren't aligned to it. Because the brain, the body is programmed, and this is what my sports talks say, it's actually programmed to be negative because that's just our body being like a defense mechanism. You know, it's just trying to, to save us and be like safe. So when you've got a goal and you're like, you know, this, 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 but then little things like can't do it, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, she said this, he said that. Yeah, people think this, people think that, you know, again, you start getting drained from your one percenters, you know what I mean? And then 99%, 98%. But when you say, you know what, I'm visualizing this, this is what's going to happen. Like my horn fight, and I, my brother will back me up on this because, well, he's the only one that really knows it. But I said to him in the first horn fight, I said, bro, I'm, I'm picturing on the ropes, me knocking him out, getting on the ropes, saying I told the world, you know, and that's exactly what happened. And I said that a year and a half prior to the fight actually happening. It's incredible. And then it actually happened. And he's like, fuck, you did it, baby. I was like, Jesus. Yeah. Like, fuck, it actually works. <laughs> that, yeah, it's a yeah. thing. But the exact same thing. And he was like, we whispered in my ear when we were hugging. He's like, man, you fucking, you called it. It's bright. I mean, it's, it's great. Yeah, it's, it's awesome, nuts. man. Just on the SAS, how was that? Obviously, oh, you had to come off because of an injury. That was, um, I tried to, man, I tried to be a hero and tried to be like a soldier and push through. But I was climbing on the sand in the first half an hour of the show and on the dry, on the wet stuff, sorry, it was it was fine because it was hard, you know. But then we had to go up the sand dunes, and as I tried to pull myself up, my shoulder dislocated, and my C six or C seven disc slipped, bulged, and hit the nerve. My whole left side was completely paralyzed. Wow. Uh, it took me five months to get full move, momentum back in my hand and Jesus. movement. But I tried to push on, like even when I was doing the climbing challenge, I I didn't even know how I did that because I had one arm. And then when I got to the swimming stuff, oh yeah, I was actually drowning in one of the one of the uh, challenges, and I was like, man. I, I got to go, and he pulled me out. And he put my hand under my top, and he goes, "Mate, your shoulder's completely off. It's it was in my chest." That's unbelievable. I said, "No, no, I'm alright. I'll keep going." He goes, "Mate, <laughs> boxing mentality." I was like, "Yeah, I'm alright. It's painful, but like, I'm like, that's why I wasn't even engaging with the talk. I was just in bed, had my head over, and I was like, Fuck. <laughs> it's, uh, but they want to get me back on, and uh, they're going to do a show with all the injured people coming back on, and that's unfinished awesome. business. So that's great. Be good. And I'm trying to get on a few more other TV shows. Um, celebrity, get me out of here, and there's a new one coming out called The Challenge. Uh, which I've yeah, been pitched for as well. So that's coming out soon. Does that interfere with your, you know, are you worried about that interfering with your boxing? Uh, look, oh, no, I always pick and choose when it happens. Um, like if I'm available, I'll take it. If I'm not, I'll just say, look, my boxing is my career. And mm -hmm. obviously I don't care about, I, look, I do care about the TV shows because it's good. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's a good avenue. Like I went on SAS to test my mind because I've never, I'm tested in the boxing world. You know, I've never been outside of that comfort zone. Like when I played soccer, I was like, well, this is, I can, yeah, this yeah. Is, I'm nervous because, yeah. like, but you fight for a living. I was like, yeah, but, 
it's different comfort zones, you know, like I'm used to doing that, you know, like being in water, over heights, you know, in a forest. I don't do that every day, you know what I mean? With Aunt Middleton yelling in my ear, telling me he's going to knock my two front teeth out. It's, <laughs> you know, it's a different world, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, it's cool. I like doing them, but I always obviously say boxing comes first. Boxing's 100%. life to me. Who was the coolest person you met on SAS? Uh, oh, man. Um, they were pretty, they're all pretty cool, man. I mean, I liked them all. I, was, I got along with everybody. But I got along with uh, Paulie Fennick. He was, um, which I'm actually going to be on, on Fat Pizza. So I'm actually going to Sydney this week to film for that too. But, That's brilliant. Um, but I got along with all of them, mate. They were all big-hearted. The girls surprised me huge. Um, you know, little Melissa Wu, who I got along with great. She's, you know, so tiny, and but her heart was bigger than all the, all the guys, you know. And the winners, as you saw at the end, you know, Millie Boyle, absolute ox, you know, strong, stronger than all the men. The size means nothing. It's the heart and their, their mentality. And But the whole crew, they were amazing. You know, I got along with everybody. They sleep deprive you on that thing. Oh man, I, fuck, I wasn't used to it. For me, the sleeping was no dramas, the no eating was no dramas. I'm used to that. But for me, it was being wet. Because you only get one uniform. <laughs> and like for me, like having wet socks, I don't know about anybody else, oh, but having bro. wet socks, wet shoes for me is just a no go, man. Why are you sleeping? Yeah, well, you got like you only have one little heater and you've got to dry in front of, you know, you've got what, 17 recruits, all oh. their gear in front of this little wood heater, you know, and fire. That stink, oh, man. Oh man, we didn't have no nothing. You're showering with a bucket. The toilets were filthy. I've seen um, Heath Shaw was on now. I was watching him. Yeah, he was yeah. cleaning the dunny and he had to get oh, rid man. of all this shit. It was man, you weren't doing that, were you, as well? well I got out to. because I was injury, but yeah, we all had days to oh, do it. Bro. So I, I missed it. I was wrapped, but... um. Oh, that can't be it. Oh, man, it was nasty. <laughs> and, and, and the girls, like you see... Uh, you know, obviously there was a model. There was models in there and stuff like that, and obviously like little pretty little things. And for them to go into like this different world with like you know shitting in holes and you know sharing <laughs> with buckets, and it's like they they were crying, breaking down, and it was tough, man. Like I said, it, it's a different world. Um, but yeah, everyone was just amazing. Like they, it was it was a good. You would have formed a lot of bonds because you've all gone to the trenches together, and you've you know you yeah, probably all yeah. become vulnerable 100%, together. No, we all became reliant. We had to rely on each other, you mm. know, because. Where it was a team effort, you know, and and for me, not being in a team sport, where there was other athletes like Barry Hall and stuff on there with me who play AFL and they're in team sports, so they're used to picking up each other. Where for me, it was out of my comfort zone. So for me, to being in a team was like this is different, you know, like I'm I'm falling behind because someone else was slower, you know. So I had to use a little bit of my strength to help them, you know, and it was it was just an awesome experience. I was I was shattered. It ended ended a lot quicker than I thought because I was actually favourite to win. Um, everyone backed me to win, and we'll get on the next one. Yeah, well, yeah, I was, I was fucking filthy. But, um, <laughs> yeah, the body, that's just how it is. You know, nah, I'm looking forward to the um, the next one. There'll be another one. Yeah, hundred percent. Hey, it all happens for a reason, right? Hundred percent, man. Everything happens for a reason, and you can't uh, change God's plan. Let's get to this. Let's Tommy's ten, right? I've got a few more questions, but I want to get this next question out. And this is a matter. I've gone to the fans. I shouldn't say fans. We spoke. I think you've said the supporters. Yeah, well, I, I just, I don't know, for some reason, something about the word fans, it, I, yeah. it, it upsets me a little bit. Like, supporters. I mean, you can say it's no No, no, drama, no but, I like, but I like what you said. Yeah, you like supporters. I, supporters. I just feel like if you say, oh, like, oh, this is my fans, it's like, you, you're like diminishing them a little bit. Mm. I feel like I say, these are my supporters, you know, like without my supporters, I don't know, fans are just, I don't know. It might be just me. I just feel I like, no, like, nah, I, I like, there's a few things you said. There's, like if the, I say like, oh, you're a fan. Yeah, you're kind of saying that you're below me and you look up to me. Correct. Yeah, mate, you've said it. Where perfect. they're not, they're just looking up. They just like, look thank up. you for the support. Yeah, you know, you're supporting me to the top. We're a team. It's a great, and it's just a little terminology check. Yeah, just change. Different. Yeah, but that's exactly right. You, what you just said there, no. Well, there's, that's two that. things that you had. Yeah, that's two things you had. There's a third one. Each one, teach one. I really like that. Yeah, yeah. I man. really like they're that. Do you want to touch on what that means? Uh, just wherever. For me, I've been a big believer. Where I'm at, you know, if someone's below you 
and not because they're they're just not at that level yet. They're like when I was at nineteen, I wasn't where I was at thirty. You know, and it's just that's just what it is. But you either help them catch up to you, or if they're ahead of you, you know, you go to their level, you grow. You know, so you either bring someone to your level or you grow because that person's in front of you. And there's a lot of people that I look up to that are in front of me and I want to be like that. And, you know, so I always say each one, teach one and, and give back. It's always about giving back. Um, You know, like even before my fights, like, you know, I'll, I'll talk to a kid and like, I just love it. You know, the feeling and, and the smiles on their face. And I always say to like people, I say, I want to know, because people freak out when they see me walking out around like a high point or, and I'm like, I'd love to know what they're feeling. You know, like when they see me, like, cause they're like, they're stunned, Stand mullets, you know? mate. Like, I'm like, <laughs> like a kangaroo in a spotlight. They're like, oh, you know, and the mum will come and say, I'm so sorry. And my son's a huge fan. My daughter's a, well, no, no worries at all. And like, I'd love to know that feeling, you know, because I've, I don't, I don't change. I, I've been the same kid. I was at seven years old with that dream. You know, I just, I don't change for nobody. I'm still just a big kid, big idiot. Love to take the piss. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, each one teach one. It's just for me, it's just, yeah. I like it. And that's what it's all about. We used to speak about it a bit. I used to love the the uh, the supporter days. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because you do see the impact. As mm. you said, kids do go shy, but they, they warm up to you when, you, when you're doing, you know, drills. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. You know, we used to do footy drills, but you'd be just having a chat. But there's nothing more rewarding, and that's what it's all about at the end of the day. We've all been eight years old. Yeah, we've yeah, all yeah. been 12 and we've all been 16 and we all grow with our yeah, confidence yeah, yeah, yeah. to ask the questions we want, but that's what it's all about. And well, I think you speak about it a lot with mm, the legacy. That's yeah, what yeah, you yeah. want. You want to come out of the sport with a legacy to help as many, I guess, Australian boxers, but also people yeah, as yeah, you yeah. can. Well, that's exactly right. Like I said at the fight, and I actually caught him after the fight, but when I was in the ring, I was like just scanning the, the venue whilst I was saying our names in the ring and I saw um, Nathan Brown and all the AFL boys that were on the table and I said to him after, I said, I actually got a photo of you when I was about 10 years old in my little bulldog's hat, my little flag back in the days and we took a photo and it was funny how it changed. He goes, now I'm here supporting you. I was like, man, like that's what it's about. Like that's why I say each one teach one. Like the people I looked up to now look up to me, you know, and it's like, that's what it's all about. Like, you know what I mean? Like 10 years from now, I'll probably be retired or definitely be retired. And someone that's, you know, 15 is going to be 25. They'll be like, you know, Zarafa came to my gym when I was 15 years old and said, you know, if you do A, B, and C, if you eat lollies, you know, and, and do this, man, I learned from Zarafa. That's leaving back a legacy, you know, and that's what it's all about, you know, just giving that little bit, you know, if I could help the world, I said, I said all the time, if I could help the world, I would, but I'm only one man. It's uh, you're spot on. Another thing, the other thing that I liked what you said was, um, I don't have the direct quote here, so this is off the record. <laughs> but it was more about when you're a baby, we pick them up, we support yeah, them, yeah, we want yeah. them to succeed, we want to teach them how to walk. When we're adults, it's the opposite, and they fall over, we let them pick themselves up. We want them to we, correct, we, yeah. the, the, you know, like we don't we don't help them. Yeah, well, you know? as adults, I say like you know, again, enough. Yeah, we'll refer them back. Like when when a baby's trying to walk and it's at that crawling walking stage and it gets up, falls. Everyone encourages that person, that baby, to get back up and oh, come on, you know, and, and it gets uh, and it gives it that that strength to get that walking happening. But as you get older, you know, people say, oh, "I want to open up a business." People put each other down. You can't do that. You know, you're, you're not going to do that. Oh, I want to date that girl. No, you're not. She's too good looking for you. you know, I want to be a world champion. No, you can't. We're meant to be helping each other. You know, this is why wars happen because fucking everyone's trying to diminish everybody, and and that's what I mean. Successful people want to see people be successful. People that aren't don't want to see you do better than them. And that's what's so sad, you know, and, and, and all the negativity comes from people that are parents. And that's what I say. I said, mate, I feel sorry for your kids. I say, excuse me. I say, well, you're sitting here. You've just abused me for a paragraph calling me everything under the sun and you're a parent. You know, what, 
what legacy are you leaving behind your kid? You know, and I'm just like, man, like I feel sorry for that kid. Mm. You know, and I was like, man, you know, like it's just sad. You know, we're meant to be helping each other. You know, like someone fails, you pick them up. And that's why I said someone that's fallen short or failing or whatever, you, you go back, you pick them up, you bring them to your level. Or if you've fallen and someone's ahead of you, you go to their level. It's called growth. Mm. It's brilliant, mate. Yeah, that's no, brilliant. Man, I see it all the time as well. And it's even in the media. And I, and this is traditional media, mm. not all media, but I had a chat to some, you know, I had a chat to a guy that didn't know there was a journal the other week. And I said, look, mate, to be honest, nothing against journos, but negative oh, gets the press. Don't even get me going right? about fucking And journal. I just go, that's why I love doing this. Mm -hmm. I love to, you know, I love what Jakey with, an, you know, shout out to the Unlaced podcast, oh, but his whole thing is humanize the athlete. Yep. And I just love how he does, but it's it's what everyone should be doing, humanizing. The, the, go to the news. Like my mum and dad, they're 63. Always get on. They've fucking got the news on. Yeah, like, get yeah, this yeah. shit off. Oh, 100%. I sit TV. there feeling depressed. Get yeah, the yeah, fucking yeah. thing off. 100%. I'm like, 100%. it's not bettering me. I can read this on, yeah, on yeah. your phone anyway. Exactly right. Like, it's not, it's so negative. It's and it might be, they know that mm. they need to change the mm, fucking mm, mm, mm. yeah they need to change their, their tune a bit and the media is always like I, I had to go up media when they asked me can we do a podcast or can we can we ring you for I said but why are you calling me and they're like what do you mean I said well I was on the phone here for half an hour and you have literally said everything I didn't so why the hell are you interviewing me write whatever you want to write because yeah. you're going to lie anyway yeah they want the cat they want the headline do you know what I mean I'm like fucking like, don't even interview me like that means shit all to me now and that's what I mean as I've gotten older I don't care about media and you know why I've actually broken it down they want click-throughs. Yeah. They get paid advertising 100%. off the back. So you have a chat. We have a chat right now. They grab one fucking line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They put it. Oh my God. Did he say that? It's Bang. Nothing in the article. Waste of everyone's yeah, time. Yeah. Hey, hang on. Send the report to the advertising yeah, yeah, company. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. We've just had this many people on our site. We're yeah. killing it. Fuck. Well, they did that with the, the Tim Zoo stuff when I said Mickey Hatton. You know, they didn't actually, they only cut it out and they just said, oh yeah, wait till Mickey Hatton rocks up. Then they stopped it. I didn't hear what I said afterwards about yeah. how great his dad was, how great the family legacy was, how much respect I had for him and his dad. They just cut it as, oh, Mickey Hatton, I'm coming to knock you out. And then they cut it off. Yeah. I was like, well, mate, fucking play the rest of it, mate. Yeah, I'm I know. Playing, and playing, you, don't have the, you don't have the reach to be able yeah, to. Correct. So you've got to sit at home, and I'm correct. sure. And this is what I'm going to ask you now because we're going to go into it. Tim Zhu, right? Mm. You've come out, and it's and, and, and to be honest, people think that you're a chicken in, in their eyes, and you pulled out of the fight and and uh, all this stuff, which is which I already know is bullshit. Just before we get into that and the media effects after it, why did you? Why did that fight not go ahead? And look, people need to know the answer. Yeah, to look, this. man. Ten weeks prior to the fight, we got delivered a contract that was seventy thirty his favour, which is fine because we weren't the A side. We we cop that on the chin. Um, and then we, they went, they disappeared for 10 weeks and we only really heard from them when the media days were there. And, you know, we, my, my trainers and team said, look, man, we've, we've caught the pandemic. We're a fan. We, we got families and businesses. Yeah. They said prior to the fight, we need exemptions. We need things to be delivered or else the fight can't go ahead because we can't afford to be quarantining for two weeks. My business has been, because Melbourne copped it the worst. Let's oh, face yeah. it. And let's just remind people that this fight was going on during the middle Correct. of the pandemic. And my, my team said, mate, we can't afford it. Despite Michael, we are taking a fight because we got businesses, families, we can't afford to lose that. And I agree with it. We're a team. We stuck together. They said, no, no, no. Look, mate, we're going to do it. It's all going to be sweet. And then a week out, then they've reached out said, a week out of the fight, they said, oh, look, we can't do this. We can't get exemptions. Look, we'll fly Mick out the morning of the fight. Fly, he'll fight. He'll fly back the same day. The, the, uh, the judges and referee can't be neutral because now we can't fly them in or out. Um, we can't fly your team over. I was like, oh, hang on a second, mate. We're fighting the biggest fight in Australian boxing, and I can't have my team there. You want to fly me the day of the fight? I had to have a virtual weigh-in prior. I said, mate, you promised a contract. There's a contract being signed, and it's been put in place. You've promised A, B, and C, and you've delivered fuck all. And then my team goes, well, my trainer goes, well, if things aren't, if things are getting hard, do you just want to postpone the fight? I said, we'll call you back in two hours. 
two hours came, I was at training. I had missed 1,500 fucking calls from sports, media pages, everything. Zarafa's pulled out. Wow. I said, what are you talking? I didn't even know about it. And then everyone obviously believes the media. And, and I, mean, I, fought every, I fought bigger names for less money in worse conditions. And I say now, and whoever listens to this, Tim Zhu should have buried me when he had the chance because I'm coming for him next. Is he next? He's next. After this World's Order fight, he's next. That'll be a big fight. I know. I'm going to knock him out. I'm calling it now. I'll knock out Tim Zhu. Yeah. Well, we all want that fight to go ahead. 100%. We all want that fight to go ahead. And I wanted to ask you that question because it's probably the hottest question on everyone's mm. mind that listens to the media. Oh, mate, like I said, and I say this to everyone, if you want to believe that, if I wouldn't ask for your advice, I don't care what you got to say. Mm. Why would you? You know what I mean? So people can say what they want to say and it is what it is. At the end of the day, I'm reaching my goals, making money for me and my family to be. I don't care what they got to say, man. I love that. I love the mindset. All right, so we know you're going to knock him out after the next big fight. 100%. Jeff Horn Trilogy? Look, we want to, I actually spoke to his dad. He's as a top bloke. Um, he rang me after the fight the next morning. Um, just congratulate me. They're all, they're all watching at home. And he goes, mate, you know, it's good to see you bounce back. Because, you know, when in the middle of that whole Tim Zeus after the pandemic, man, I was in a real dark place. You know, I was getting death threats from everybody. Really? I couldn't leave my house. Man. I was I was copping it, man. And um, Keyboard warriors? Yeah, man. Just everything. Just every day, you know. And I was like, fuck this. But I couldn't go out. People would just look at me, turn the other way. Uh, no one wanted to help me. I lost a lot of people. Um, it was tough. But, again, I knew where I was going and what was going to happen. Um, so I, I know my ability, man. And I know that when these tough fights come, I arise and I beat these guys. And um, I just had to sit put, just cop it on the chin. And uh, now, I'm, uh, now I'm back to being the king of Australia. Everyone's turned. You know, I've had that many people reach out and say, look, you know, I just want to apologize for being a, a wanker. You know, I'm like, nah, all good, man. I understand. And I, I try to get back to everybody. Yeah. You know, that's one of my things. I try to always get back. And I apologize if I haven't got back to people. But I always try to... Yeah, when I'm in bed or just, you know, even when I'm on the dunny, I just fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. try to get back to everybody, you know, just wherever I have a spare five minutes, just. No, I'm the same, mate. It is, a, it's a human being behind the behind the phone and if, they, if they're supporting you and um, or even apologising, you can accept the apology. Well, mate, before I understand that. It makes, it takes a, it takes a, a man to apologise um, and takes an even bigger man to accept it. So for me, like I said, oh, I appreciate everyone that's shown their love, support, but um, Sarafa's back. We're taking over. Back. And we're taking over. And it's going to be a big huge, fight. Huge, man. Huge, huge. It's and even Hardman said afterwards, he goes, mate, I retract what I thought, man. Zarafa fucking, I think Zarafa hurts him. So. <laughs> it's going to be big, mate. Well, we're all, uh, we're all looking forward <laughs> to that. Um, who's been the best boxer that you've fought thus far in your eyes? Uh, it has to be Kelbrook. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't have it. That's probably one fight I actually didn't have answers for. You know, normally in tough fights, I'm like, shit, you know, I might have lost that round or two rounds, three rounds, five rounds, whatever it may be. But I'm like, all right, I can change the game plan, you know, and try to come in at a different angle, different approach. But with Cal Brook, fuck, I just had no answers. Had nothing. Nah, man, it was just all heart. Yeah. All heart, man. If he and did anything differently now? I think if I fought him now, I'd stop him. Yeah, love it. From like round six onwards, I started landing. He goes, he hurt me a few times, but I respected him too much for the first six. And I, I didn't. I was sitting there and I'm like, fuck, I shouldn't be in the ring with Cal Brook. I yeah. was 25, 26. I was Wrong like, mindset. Oh, you know, now with the sports psych, with the training, with the resting, the mentality, like now I'm like, man, I, I heard him. I was hurting him then. Yeah, you know, yeah, so. yeah. Let's talk about your opinion on Barry Hall and Paul Gallen of the world that are headlining Australian boxing. Do you believe it's good or bad? And if you don't have an answer for that, stay away from that. What do you think of it in its, you know, its whole? Well, my cousin's actually fighting Paul Geller next, Chris Terzi. So, um, but look, I mean, look, oh, I got asked this question on the radio once and I said the wrong thing. But for me, look, it's turning heads. 
I, I don't believe that they should be headlining and getting as paid as much as they should be. But who am I? You know, I'm just another fighter amongst other, amongst other fighters. But, uh, you know, we, we put in our heart and soul and we're fighting for legitimate world titles and then these guys come out and we're on their undercards. It's like, well, I'm not, but, you know, these guys are on their undercards. It's like, you know, these guys are football. I can't say, you know what, I've had enough of footy. To, I mean, boxing today, I'm going to ring up Essen and say, hey, coach, put me in the forward line. You probably would get in there. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But it doesn't happen. No, you know I'm what I mean? Like, yeah, I can't yeah, say yeah. fucking call up the, you know, Socceroos and say, mate, I want to be a striker this week. Fuck off. You know, yeah, whoever's. I know what you mean. You know, so these guys say, oh, you know, my career's done. I want to fight in a celebrity fight match. And so are you saying maybe they shouldn't be headline? But well, I guess I guess what it is, it's they're obviously selling a fuckload of tickets. Well, 100%. Well, Gallon is fucking backing what he's saying. Yeah, so he's, I've got, yeah. to, got to give Gallon some credit, but, oh, you know, these other guys, you know, their career's finished. They're like, what can I do now? And they jump to boxing. Like, they think it's like, it diminishes our sport. They think, like, boxing's easy. Like, I'll just fight. Mm. But they get all caught on and done, you know, and that's, you know, Barry Hall, you know, credit to him for jumping in. But I, I knew that when he was walking out of that fight. Did I, you know that? Because I thought he would I thought he'd go really well. No. Nah, nah. I didn't. And I, and I, you know, I, mean, I wish him all the best because obviously I got to be close with him on the show and yeah. stuff like that. But uh, I just knew when, as soon as I saw him, I knew he was going to lose. Wow, because yeah. we, as footballers, we all know him as one of the toughest oh, bastards. Mate, you know, and I and yeah. we all thought he was in cracking nick. Mm -mm. And because he's a he's a he used to be a superstar as a junior. Oh, mate, he's a phenomenal. So athlete. we all kind of want to see what mm. he. Obviously, he's a bit older now, but yeah, I didn't. We're, we're all very surprised. Yeah, yeah. With I, the I, way. I called it. People said to me, "How do you reckon guys?" I said, "I can tell straight away." I said, no. I said, "If he gets past two rounds, so he surprised me." Fuck, they're big boys as well. Oh, you know, one even when I saw him, I was like, "Fuck, man, you, I'd." Oh, and I was going on that show thinking I was the the, the man the, <laughs> the big boy and I was like fuck they put me nah, against he's him. a monster mate and like I said we, I thought he was going to win yeah well um, yeah but but look it's good for the sport answering your question back to your question answering the question he, it's good for the sport they're, they're turning heads they're, you know Gallon's up there with me Tim Zoo, you know selling pay-per-views and, and we've I've been on five or six pay-per-views now and you know he's getting there as well so it's good yeah he's doing well but He's hard as it. He's oh, mate, he's not. You can't, you can't take away his heart. How do you take him down, yeah, the fuck. big fella? He's well, my cousin's fighting him. Uh, I think it's on the 9th or the 11th of this yeah, month. Yeah, it's coming up. Yeah. Um, and look, my cousin's got great skills. Chris Terzi, you know, he's a fucking phenomenal boxer, heavyweight. You know, he just needs to believe in his ability. You know, and... and I, I'm backing him. I think he's going to win. How do you think your cousin? Let's put it out there for the. There's a lot of punters out there. Yeah, when yeah. I listen to this. Look, I'm, I'm honest. You know? I, I say to, I say to everybody. I say, look, my cousin beats him technically. I say the only way my cousin loses this is because he doesn't back his ability, mm -hmm. and Gallon Gallon clips him or you know just roughs him up too much where he just he lacks that belief a little bit, and that's just experience that will come. But if if he goes in there and says, you know what, like I did, fuck it, it's all in or nothing, he wins. And he knocks him out. Uh, I never, I never put that. I, I don't know if you've seen him in my press conference. I never put knockouts on anything. Yeah, just win or loss. Yeah, just besides Tim Zoo. Yeah, because Tim Zoo, I know I can beat him. I know I can knock him out. He's got no chin. Love and it. I know that, and he's scared of me. And I know that off camera. <laughs> Can't say too much, but I, I know that off camera, he's scared of me. There you go, big Mickey Zarafa <laughs> with the insights for the big fight coming up. Right, let's get back into the couple of other questions I got before you get back and eat some lollies. <laughs> um. If someone like Jake Paul come to you, huge payday, much heavier than you, huge payday right yep. now, right? We've got, you've got big, you know, you got this yeah, yeah. vision over there, but he comes to you and says, I want you, I want your head. I'm going to knock you out. And this is the cash you're going to get, which is obviously fucking yeah, millions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you accept oh, 100%, 100%. or? 100%. I'm a fighter. You'd accept I mean, 100%, it? 100%. Would yeah. you be worried about the size or you'd think you could knock him out? Uh, look, I mean, nah, look, I'm a fighter. I don't, I don't think about shit like that. I just say, you know, it is what it is. Like I've sparred guys that are 80, 90 kilos. You know what I mean? And they can box. You know, I fought big guys that are fighters. You know, he's not really a fighter. And he's doing well. But, he, you know, even Eddie Hearn, 
you know, threw him under the bus. I don't know if you saw it. And he's like, mate, you're, you're an average fighter if that. He goes, you four guys. Yeah, how can you call yourself a fighter? He's calling out Canelo Elver and stuff. Like, these are pound for pound animals, you know. He's knocking out guys that aren't even fighters. Point guards. You know what I mean? Not even like, <laughs> they're not even the best middleweight in their gyms or whatever weight he is, you know. Like, yeah. these guys are, you know. Well, but if you he go. comes to me with a $10 million offer, 100%, I'll be throwing hands. 10 mil, Jake Paul, right here. 100%, he'll be catching a 25 piece, mate. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Right, a couple of uh, supporters' questions. What was it like growing up in Craigieburn? Oh, man, it was tough. If you couldn't fight, you wouldn't survive. But, um, <laughs> look, back then, I, I actually went past it recently because I've moved, obviously, but... um. Oh, it's gotten it's a, it's like the city now. Yeah, it's, it's huge. I, didn't, I had no idea. I went past. There's KFCs there. There's shopping centers, plazas. You can go buy a bed. There's like Amart and all that. I was like, fuck, this is nuts. Yeah. Um, but Craigieburn for me is always home. Um, yeah, it was where like my childhood was. Was you know I'd leave the house at five in the morning, six in the morning. I'd come back with my mates at you know dinner time when the lights, <laughs> street lights come on and. Um, it was tough, man, but like I loved it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world. That's brilliant, mate. I just wanted to shout out. You know, you got to give people their support. Toby Green just wrote big. You know, he's a big supporter of you. So he obviously didn't give me a question, but I thought I'd share that. So Toby's a big fan of yours. I and, appreciate um, it, Toby, mate. You're an absolute champion without uh, all your support. It's not possible. Tell you what, so. I think I think he'd go right in the gym. I've seen him. I've seen him yeah, box. He's, when you said, "Have you got a bit of cunt in you?" Obviously, yeah. he does. Toby's He's got, got it. it. I think he'd go. I think he would be a fantastic celebrity fight we'll later in his him. career. Well, mate, I've got. A, I've got. A, obviously, the team Alice they do the celebrity fight nights, and they're actually looking for some some new hot talent. So, mate, if well, he's mate, keen, I, I rec- I'd be in his corner. I mean, him will take reckon, over the world. I reckon he would. Uh, he would go really well, and he'd geez, he'd sell some tickets. <laughs> to big fella. Mate, let's get on to him. Let's bums, get, let's make it happen. Bums on seats. That's what we want. That's it. I've already asked you about the biggest crowd. What music do you pump before a fight? Is there a certain genre? Man, I just listen to motivational, like just music, you know, like uh, intro, that double X crap. Yeah, it's yeah. just real like motivational stuff. No no voices, no no singers, no rapping, just real relaxing, um, just tunes, man. Yeah, like, just stay present. Yeah, like, like violins. Yeah, that, so it's almost it sounds the weird. Opposite, People are like, yeah. what do you mean? I'm like, man, like, I like to get the heart rate real low, just zone out, just listen to like the violins and just fucking almost yeah. like focus you yeah know? you know just you just start breathing with it you just start feeling the the the, the adrenaline starts pumping and you're just like fuck this is gross man you know I love it I love it here comes the Caps moment. I spoke to you about our yeah, well, these sponsors. Ones, I get nervous about these ones. Here they are, Caps. So big shout out to Caps, the home of headwear. They oh, do it all, champion. mate. They actually are at High Point, so they're locals. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So that's for you. Champion. Thank and what you. comes with that, whether you want to put it on when you answer, that's up to you. But... <laughs> If I said to you, there's a time so far where you've been so happy, probably the happiest moment um, of your of your life. What is the Caps moment for you so far? Uh, this very moment, right now. There you go. This very moment, because I'm present. I don't think behind me. I don't think in front of me. Um, right now. I love that. Right now. Practice what you preach. Hundred percent. It's good. I love the whole being present. It's something we we all struggle with. It's a key to anybody, man, and anyone that is suffering with you know, mental problems or illnesses or like anxiety and stuff like that. Just really try to focus on what you're doing right now. I love it. And there's no point asking how you handle with this and that. I've got a few more things for advice because we just touched on it. One one more question before I give you your next prize. Advice to young kids out there that want to be the next world champion. What is it? Um, for me, I always say this and train hard, fight easy. And, you know, You've got to be obsessed with the sport. If you're not willing to miss birthdays, lose relationships, lose friends, lose family, look for another career. 
you know, I was willing to lose it all to have it all. And I say that to all the kids, man, if you train hard and you put in absolutely everything, you'll fight easy and you'll get to where you want to get to. It's fantastic advice. It's a different industry, boxing. Yeah, man. Like, you know, all these guys like, you know, do this and do that and believe in yourself. And sometimes belief isn't enough because I can believe in myself. I can sit on the couch all day with a can of beer, eating pizza and believe in myself. I haven't done the work. Mm. So believing in yourself means shit all. But when you put in all the work, the belief comes. You know, I know, like I said, I do that tick list. Fuck, I've trained. I've sparred well. I've dieted. I've slept well. Recovered well. Oh, I can't be beaten. Mm. Belief build. comes. Action build Belief confidence. Comes, you know what I mean? We used to speak about it all the time. There's nothing to worry about if you've done the prep. 100%. What's next for Mickey Zarafa? <clears throat> We've kind of touched on it, but mm. maybe September, October. But as you said, there's five to 10 years left in your career if you had a, you know, a crystal ball. But mm. what's next? Uh, look, uh, one fight at a time, IBF World Titles next. Um, you know, let's offer me big money, like you said, unless Jakey Paul gets on the fucking... <laughs> Jakey Paul Jr. Yeah, he no, hits me <laughs> up. But look, for me, is my goal from day one is to be a world champion. Money doesn't phase me. So I want to get that world title and uh, wrap it around the waist and, uh, you know, have that accomplished. You know, so now I'm just enjoying life, you know, just... Training to eat lollies, eat pizza, <laughs> and I've smashed KFC probably. <laughs> They've made a fuck. I, can't I don't eat that I, shit. I, I can't, can't get same, that. Same. I'm the same. So, but after a fight, you know, I make sure that I, I do smash a little bit because, you know, for the, for a good two three weeks, I'll you know have macas and stuff like that just to yeah get out of the system because you know 11 months out of the out of the year I'm pretty much strict as you know weighing food and whatnot. So I like to have a bit of soft drink and blowout Barry just, blowout. Yeah, yeah. But I'm always training. That's what I mean. So I never. I'm always maintaining. You know, like um, I'll never eat without training. I'll, I'll say if I don't run 10Ks, I'm not going to get KFC, but the amount of fucking singers I've had this, this week, <laughs> I can't do it anymore, mate. I'm fucking, it's, it's getting pretty bad. That's brilliant, mate. That's brilliant. We've got the last prize. As I said, Rick Sire, a big sponsor of the show as well. Oh, I want to make sure you uh, go away in Champion, style. Champion, mate. I Rick's actually always... said that before the, the potty started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, mate, Premium Iowa that inspires confidence. Not that you need any of it, but uh, we always look after our guests. Champion, brother. Thank you so um, much. Another segment here. If there was one place in the world that you'd retire as world champion, the sun's shining down, the sun is on, the rick's on. Where's Mickey Zarafa going in the world? Uh, man, I've never been to Malta. Malta? Yeah, it was when my dad was born and you know my family, and they tell me all about it. And uh, I'd love to see more people. And apparently I'm, I'm, I'm fucking huge over there. I've got a huge following over there, and they've got my posters, I mean my frames in the restaurants. and So they've claimed me as their own, so I'd love to go over there and thank them and, and just see where I'm from, you know, where my dad was and my family got cousins over there and stuff, so it'd be good to just... Yeah, enjoy a bit of, bit of sun. Because yeah. Melbourne, we get fucking nothing. <laughs> there you go. We get nothing. Mickey Zaraka, Zarafa, I should say, with the Rixies on in Malta. Well, mate, honestly, thank you so much. Um, I honestly wish you all the best in the future. Uh, world champ, bring it home. Um, we're all behind you. And yeah, like I said, mate, you're, you're a ripper and I really do appreciate your time. I know you're a busy man. It's almost hit six o'clock, brother. Oh, so oh, we'll, uh, I appreciate it, mate. An absolute champion. Thanks for having us on, man. It means a lot. Anytime and we'll, uh, we'll get you back on when you, uh, you are the world champ. So Can't there wait, you go. Can't wait. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, please feel free to hit us up on our social channels at Osmerican Aces. If you're entertained, inspired, or feel more educated, please share it with your friends and family because we appreciate the support. Righto, catch you on the next one.